Hey everybody, it's Pastor K here. Welcome to another episode of Take Action. I am your host, or your clinician, or your teacher, and I'm so excited to spend this time with you yet again today. You know, one of the things that I get asked most often is help me find my purpose. How do I know what my purpose is? That's a very, 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 very difficult question to ask, but it's even more difficult for me to answer. But I have taken liberty, I've taken a crack at trying to figure out a way to not only help you to find out your purpose, but for the sake of this conversation, I want to talk to you about maximizing your moment. You know, for most Christians, um, who, those of us who read the Word of God, um, the most fa- uh, um, famous Pharaoh, the most famous Pharaoh is the one of the scripture, you know, that took Moses into the house with him and, and raised him up as a child and taught him the ropes. Um, he's the one of the scripture. But throughout the world, for people who are not just in America and for those who don't just study the scripture, Uh, Perhaps the most famous Pharaoh of all time was not the Pharaoh of the Bible. Perhaps the most famous Pharaoh of all time was King Tut. I mean, you you can't even say that without some seven-year-old in in a geology class or or a science class already knowing, uh, um, a six-year-old, a a ten-year-old already knowing uh, that King Tut was this pharaoh that was entombed and had all of this gold and, and, and all of these riches. Um, and history says that he died at the age of 18. I, I, I wanted to talk about this for this particular reason, because somehow a young man who only lived 18 years old has still been speaking to us from the grave over the last several thousand years. How does he do enough in 18 years to create the kind of legend that has us still discussing him today? Um, well, one, one, he restored the faith um, um, in what they would have the God um, of creation, the uh, uh, Amnon God. Um, he did that, and, and there are some that say that He repaired the boundaries of what was then at that time an unstable regime, and he came in and gave order to that. So he is remembered throughout history for being excellent, although he only lived 18 years. Um, I hope I'm saying this right. There's another young girl, uh, Milana um, Yosefarzi. She is it was an 18-year-old girl, the youngest person to ever receive a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, she's a Pakistani girl, and she was shot in the head by the Taliban uh, for fighting for the rights for young girls to be educated. And she's living now, going throughout the world, changing the world, and will be etched in history uh, as a, a globetrotter and a world changer. And she did all of this by the time she was 18 years old. Now, I want to say that because maximizing your moment actually brings about the idea 
that you don't have to wait until the story is finished being written for you to star in your own drama. That you can actually begin to become who you are at whatever moment you decide. That Jesus himself didn't wait until he was 30 to start his conversation. He started his ministry there, but we find out at 12 that he had already started teaching doctors and lawyers. I'm speaking to you because I believe that this is the moment for you to actually become all that God has destined for you to be. And I have no better example than the example of Paul the Apostle in the scripture who really, um, his ministry is one of complete uh, prodigiousness. He, he, um, he was a guy who, and let me see if I, see if I can say it this way, his, his ministry was incomplete, inconclusive about who he would become. Um, he had been a murderer of Christians. Uh, he had all kinds of issues. And yet, Paul is the guy that we know but if it were not for another man named Ananias, we may not know who Paul is. There was another man named Ananias, and I bring him into the conversation, uh, not specifically because of his work, because remember we're talking about maximizing the moment, but because of how effective he was in the flash. He wasn't, he wasn't around forever. In fact, other than the story that we're talking about now in Acts chapter 9, we don't hear about Ananias ever again in the Bible until Acts chapter 22. And that was Paul describing the works of Ananias. But this text is the only in sample and example that we have of Paul, his friend named Ananias. This is all we have of him to speak about. And, and again, I say he was effective in a flash. And after this text, as I said, we never hear from him again other than the 22nd chapter. He was like, he was like a diamond. He was, he was brilliant in a flash, just on the scene and off the scene. And, and his part in history, it was not lengthy, but it was effective. I want to tell you something. Are you listening? I want you to lean in. Can you hear me? Listen. Just because your part in the world isn't major does not mean it can't be memorable. I want you to focus more on being memorable than being major. Everybody wants to be big. Everybody wants the most followers. Everybody wants the most clout. But do you know how many famous people who have been forgotten? Do you know how many rich people nobody remembers? And yet you can be Mother Teresa and not have much, but have a big, big, big heart and a huge ministry towards people and be remembered forever. Being major does not, does not guarantee you will be remembered, but being remembered automatically guarantees that you will be major. If you got a Bible right now, you can look up or you can Google this. I want you to Google a man named Jabez. 
Jabez was a man who had a prayer that says, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. And do you know what? That is the only time we ever heard of Jabez. We don't hear of him before. We don't hear of him after. He was brilliant in a flash. There was a thief on the cross next to Jesus. He hung there. And the only thing we know about him is he did something that got him nailed to a cross with Jesus. After that, we don't hear from him again. But we do know that he went to be in paradise with God. There's a man named Ehud who uh, got close to the king and stabbed the king as God told him to go in and kill the king so that he could bring about the reconciliation of the people of Israel. And before that and after that, we don't hear from him again. Why? Because you don't have to be major in the Bible. They're only mentioned on a couple of pages and yet we're still talking about them. Why? Because when you focus on doing something memorable, it will already always make you major. I want you to find the one thing that you have been created to do, and I want you to do it in a memorable way, not just a major way, but in a memorable way. I want you to type maximize your moment, maximize your moment. We're in Acts chapter nine, and I want you to look at it and I want you to scroll through it. I won't read all of the verses to you, but in Acts chapter nine, I want you to look at all of the verses between chapter 10 and verse 18. And it's gonna give you everything you need to know about being major through maximizing your own particular moments. There was a man named Ananias, the Bible says, and that man came to a place and the Lord said unto him, arise and go unto a street called straight. And I want you to inquire in the house of Judas for a man named Saul. He was minding his own business, doing his own thing. And God raised him up to go look for an, a man named Saul. Now, Saul, let me give you just a small Bible study. Saul is actually the man we know as Paul. Paul, a man who was on the road to Damascus, the reason why we call him Saul is because his original name was Saul of Tarshish. God changed his name to Paul once he called him to be a preacher because every once in a while, in order to do your new job, you're going to have to change your old name. Now, I don't, I don't know what you think I mean by that, but I'm just saying that sometimes it's difficult to do a new job with the old reputation. So sometimes you have to do brand management. You have to, you have to make sure that people don't see you the same. You, you have to make sure your conversation isn't the same so they don't hear you the same. They don't experience you the same because it was going to be hard for Paul to be a preacher with everything that everybody knew about him. And so as we look at this text, there are three men in the scripture named Ananias. And I want to differentiate between those three because it's important. The first Ananias conspired with his wife to lie about their tithes in the church. And that's in Acts chapter five. And the Bible says that God killed them for being dishonest with their tithe. The second Ananias was the high priest that persecuted Paul, right, for his persecution of the church. But the one that we're talking about today, this Ananias, the Bible says three things about him. Write this down. The Bible says, number one, he was a disciple. Number two, the Bible says that he was dedicated. And number three, the Bible says that he was distinguished. Now, that is all important for you to know, because as a disciple, it was not the most easy time for him to be a disciple. They were killing Christians at the time he decided to be a disciple. And yet he decided to be one, watch this, at a dangerous time. Did you not know that maximizing your moment is dangerous? 
that maximizing your moment is dangerous. You're going to have to learn how to get things done at a dangerous time. All of the people who need everything to be comfortable and safe in order for you to go out and charter new territory, you're going to be at the end of the line. But I speak into the life of every person who's watching me today that no matter how dangerous it is, no matter how broke or broken you are, no matter how confused you are, God tells one man, go to a place called there. The man says, God, where is there? And God says to Abraham, he says, when you get there, I'll let you know. That's dangerous to saddle up your whole family and all of your money and your son and just start going and walking and not knowing where you're going. But God often institutes great men and women through the moments of danger. And when it is hard and when it is tough, that is one of the signals that God is about to establish something with the works of your hands. Somebody say, God, help me reach my potential. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be below average. I don't want to be okay. And I don't want to be good. Can I help you? Write this down. It is a sin to be good when you've been called to be great. <clears throat> Being good is offensive to God when greatness has been put inside of you. He was a disciple. That means he was focused. That means he was a servant. That means he didn't take no for an answer. That means he did the works of the one that sent him while it was day because the night was coming where no man could work. You got to do it now. And it's dangerous. And the economy is down and interest rates are going up. We started this church in 2009 doing the Great Recession, which was the greatest depression since the Great Depression of the 1930s. And we started this church in the year 2009 when the housing market had crashed and there was a bubble. Nobody had money. Nobody had resources. But yet, the Lighthouse Church is here and still standing despite all of the odds. Why? Because we started in a dangerous time. We proved to God that we didn't need the economy to stabilize, to be obedient. We didn't need big dollar donors in order for God to do his work. He who has began, Philippians 1 and 6, began a good work and you will establish it until the day of Jesus Christ. He was a disciple. Number two, he was devout. That means he was dedicated. Do you know how many people start things and don't dedicate themselves to it? You said you were going to be a photographer, but you didn't dedicate yourself to taking pictures. You said you were going to be a business owner, but you didn't really dedicate yourself to reading books like Think and Grow Rich and The Power of Now and uh, you, 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 rich dad, poor dad, and uh, you, you, you didn't, you didn't invest the time into reading the secret. You didn't invest the time. Why? Because you had a desire, but it is dangerous to have a desire and not be devout. It is dangerous to have a desire and not be dedicated. Why? Because when you have a desire, but no dedication, you will lose to the person who has dedication and doesn't yet even know what the desire is. Only the strong survive. You have to be dedicated. You have to be dedicated. You can't be casual when it's your moment. Have you ever seen people, especially in sports, they get an opportunity to get in the game and they walk up to the, to the podium to check in, but they cool, right? And, and they got to show everybody, listen, 
When it's your moment, you got to look ugly. When it's your moment, you got to run up to the podium and say, it is me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. When it is your moment, you got to growl and get a fight and a tenacity that lets the world and the devil and every enemy and demon that is coming up after your uh, success, you let them know I'm here. Matter of fact, I need 1,500 people to type, I am here. It is my moment and I'm here. I'm not next, I'm now. I'm here. And how do I know I'm now? Because God told me. I would have never came this way. I would have never tried this hard. I would have never mixed this. I would have never uh, found myself being comfortable with that person. I know I am doing what I'm supposed to do because I wouldn't do this on my own. God sent me here and I am telling you that you have to be devout. Somebody shout, dedicate yourself. Shout it. Put it in all capital letters. Dedicate yourself because you have to be consistent. Number three, he was distinguished. The Bible says that he had a good report with the Jews. That means they respected him. This is big. This is big. Can I say this? And I mean this. If you're going to be great, you should also try to be classy. I mean, you ought to have some sort of class. Do you know how dangerous it is for you to be great and arrogant? And do you know what kind of setup the devil has waiting on you for you to be great and arrogant? Because, see, success only reveals who you were before you were successful. There's an old adage that says money only reveals who you were before you got it. The Bible says humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, humility is essential for usability. God is looking for the meek, the humble in spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? You have to be distinguished. Ananias was a disciple. He was a dedicated man. And he was a distinguished man. And that's why we remember him. Have you ever been in a room with somebody? You didn't know their name, but you can think of them right now. I'm like, man, they had swag. They had class. They spoke to me. They made me feel well. Some of you all drive past grocery stores and banks to go to the place where the people treat you right. And they don't have major salaries, but they're memorable in your life. God said, Ananias. Ananias said, yes, sir. He said, get up and go over to a street called Straight. Go to Straight Street, around the corner, and go to a man's house. His name is Judas, not Judas Iscariot. And ask that man, Judas, for a man named Saul. And uh, he says that he was there praying, and he just had a vision, and, and he, knows, he knows where to send him. He, he sends him in the direction of Paul and he has a vision God gives him the vision he sees the vision and in the vision he's envisioning Paul I want you to get this look at me look at me he has a vision and as he has a vision he's envisioning Paul he can see how tall Paul is he can even see where Paul is because God says go to straight street you listening close your eyes if you're not driving I want you to hear me if you're not, don't compromise your safety to do this, but I want you to close your eyes and look. Can you see Paul? 
The beard, perhaps. Can you see what he's dressed in? For some of y'all, you see biblical attire, but feel free to put him in off-white. Whatever you see, it's okay. Use your imagination. All I need you to see is Paul, a preacher who use, who's about to be an ex-murderer, about to be approached by a man he doesn't know, and to be told by the man he doesn't know that God sent him. I want you to hear me. Because God, can you see it? Paul minding his own business. He doing his thing. He's just been blinded on the road to Damascus. He's got scales on his eyes. He can't see. He's blind. He's had an encounter with God. And God tells a man in a vision to go see about this man. Paul, you got it. Okay, because here is the revelation. God told me to tell you that he is getting ready to send people in your direction who already have a vision for you. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's about to send somebody into your life that already knows how y'all going to make money together. He's about to send somebody in your life that already know, that already has a vision for your skill set. Somebody who's going to already know how to use what you bring to the table. Oh, I wish I had somebody listening to me. God is about to send somebody into your life that already saw you in a vision. Somebody who's going to show up and say something like this. I feel like we've known each other for years. They're going to come to you having already seen you. I can't, I can't say how good that is to me. Ananias, Ananias went, entered into the man's house. Ananias went where God told him to go. Even though Ananias at the time it didn't make sense to him. Where's Straight Street at? And who is Judas? And why I'm going in the man's house, I don't know. Now, you know that's how we talk. Imagine I called you on the phone right now and said, Hey, uh, John, do me a favor. I want you to go on um, to Katy Freeway, take a right on Greenhouse, uh, go up three blocks, knock on a man's door, and uh, tell him that I need him to come to church. You're going to be like, uh, first of all, bro, I'm not going to nobody's house I don't know and tell them what you, you go do it. That, that's what we would have done if we were Ananias. But remember, he was a disciple. He was dedicated. He was devout. And he was distinguished. He handled himself with grace and class. So he does it. And Ananias, he went where God told him to go. And even though it didn't make sense to him, Ananias said these words to the Lord. He said, I have heard about this man named Paul. In other words, he's saying, God, I know you know I'm a Christian. Why are you sending me in the direction of a man who kills people who practice Christianity? Um, God, what you thinking? Come on, bro. Uh, I'm concerned about this direction you're sending me in. How many of y'all have ever questioned God about the direction he sent you in? How many of you all have ever said, God, what, 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 what are you trying to accomplish by this, Jesus? 
Why I gotta go over here? Why do I have to say this? What is the purpose of this person in my life? Why do I have to say I'm sorry? Why can't they say I'm sorry? Have you ever been in a position where you had to question God's direction for you? But can I tell you something? Write this down. You have to comply even when you're not sure about the plan. Compliance is conformity. You have to take the shape of what God sent. <laughs> you know, right out of camera shot, I'm looking at a bottle of water that I was drinking. And I'm looking at that water. Can I tell you something about that water that I know? That water doesn't want to be in the shape of that bottle. How do I know? Because if I were to push that bottle over, that water's gonna run out and it's gonna find the level that it is most comfortable being. That water does not desire to be sitting straight up in the air six inches off the ground but it has to take the shape of the container. In fact, that water is taking orders from that bottle the same way Ananias took orders from God. That bottle says to that water, stay tight, stay in the circle, don't move unless I move. <laughs> God says, Ananias, I want you to go to Straight Street I know you don't fit in there, and I want you to go see a man named Paul, and y'all ain't got nothing in common yet, and he might have a flashback when he see you, but I need you to go and take the shape of the direction that I'm sending you in. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he says, I want you to go and enter the man's house, and I want you to look for a man named Paul. And when you get there, I want you to tell him the Lord has need of him. God, this ain't, this ain't natural for me. I don't, I don't talk to killers. God, this ain't natural for me. I don't say sorry if I don't think I did anything wrong. God, this ain't natural for me. I don't like to hang around groups of people. I'm an introvert. God, this isn't natural for me. I don't go to Sunday service every Sunday morning. God, this ain't natural for me. I don't like working in ministry because church people are messy. God, this ain't like me. Whatever you put in that space, I am telling you that when it is time for you to maximize your moment, you have to take the shape of the cup. And how do I know I'm talking to you? Because the Bible says it is in him that we live, move, and have our being. So if we are in him, then we have to take the shape of him because he is our cup. He is our container, which means that we have to go where he says go, when he says go, and stay until he releases us to leave. I hope this is helping you. The Bible says, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I'm in, 
whatever shape God puts me in, whether it's on my knees, flat on my back, on my face, hunched over, whatever shape, whatever state I'm in, I've learned therewith to be content. Oh, God. I'm looking at the water, being content with the shape. If the bottle lays down, it'll lay down with it. If the bottle goes upside down, guess what? The water will go right upside down with it. I would that we would be more obedient to God's voice than the water is to the cup. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. Ananias arrived and said, God sent me here so that you might receive sight. Everybody look around, wherever you are, just look around. Can I tell you, God sent me to your living room today, your car, your, your, your office, with this word, so that you might receive sight. So that you might receive sight. And the Bible says immediately, not next week, not next month, not next year. Immediately, the scales fell from his eyes. I speak an immediate blessing on your life. That right now, as I am speaking the word of God over your life, that the scales are falling off of your money, the scales are falling off of your children, the scales are falling off of your health, the scales are falling off of your confidence, the scales are falling off. Somebody just type it. In the chat, the scales are falling off. And the first person that Paul saw when his eyes opened, guess who he saw first? Guess who he saw? Ananias. He saw Ananias, and we discovered that Ananias had more to say than what was recorded in Acts chapter 9. When we read Ananias in chapter 22, as I told you, he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see that just one and should shoulder and that you should hear the voice from his mouth that thou shouldest hear the word from his mouth. I want to give you this last thing. Everybody's looking for their purpose. I want you to quiet your soul now. Everybody wants to know what their purpose on earth is. I don't know what it is, but I know what it entails. Ananias heard the voice of God, went to Judas's house, found Saul, told him that God wanted to give him sight. He didn't brag about being the one that God spoke to. He just did what God told him to do. Because maximizing your moment always means 
that you're helping somebody else maximize theirs. That is the key to purpose. Helping somebody else find enough in them to become what God has called them to be. If he gives you millions of dollars, you got to use some of them to help somebody else. If he gives you a company, you got to use it to employ people and give somebody a second chance. If he gives you a family, it's an opportunity to love somebody who otherwise wouldn't feel loved. If he gives you a ministry, it's an opportunity to teach and preach to people who otherwise would not know Jesus in the pardon of their sins. It is an opportunity of a lifetime to use your moment to help somebody else maximize theirs. I hope that through the words of this message that you are just one step closer to your breakthrough. That as a result of the time that I spent with God creating this word for you, that you are one step closer to feeling worthy of the vocation that God has called you for. You, ain't, you don't have to tomorrow. Choose ye this day who you will serve. And I want to hear somebody say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You are not next. You are not. This is your moment. This is your shot. God, in the name of Jesus, help us to maximize this space. We don't want to waste it. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We just know who holds tomorrow. Holy Spirit, have your in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, I want you to give. You don't hear that kind of word. It's, you don't hear that bread. You don't take that bread and leave the restaurant without paying. You always want to sow when you hear a word that is transformative to your life. They're going to put the instructions up on the screen. You can text to give. You can give on our app, give on our website, lhhouston.church. And if you're a Lighthouse 2.0 member, you can give on Givelify. Right now, giving for you is taking the shape of the cup. You may not be comfortable, but it's what God said do. You got your gift? You got your app up? You got you ready? I pray that this gift bring you moments where you can finally see flashes of what you were always designed to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. God bless you.